Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk Special Edition of Elimination Off-Season Reports. The San Jose Sharks eliminated from the playoffs quite a while ago. They never made the playoffs, that is. Uh, and we are going to break down everything that is San Jose Sharks season in 2020-2021 and what their offseason is going to look like. If you haven't listened to Columbus and Buffalo and Anaheim and uh, everything else that's also coming in the future, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And let's dive into the San Jose Sharks. My co-host Justin Baker is here via Skype. Justin Let's get your initial thoughts on the San Jose Sharks regular season. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's some teams, right, we, we've seen at the bottom, expected to be at the bottom, but this is a team that I don't think people were expecting to make the playoffs, but I didn't think they could look any worse than they did last year, and they just they surprised me. They, they looked much worse than they did last year, <laughs> so... Yeah, they yeah. they they looked worse than like the Los Angeles Kings, which I I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah, and, it, and I, I mean I will say like the other team in California, the Anaheim Ducks, right? Even though they finished towards the the very bottom there, they had a few pieces that you can look at and be like, all right, cool. Like there's potential here for this team, right? But um, maybe in the future. But again, when I look at San Jose, everything just looks horrible. <laughs> uh, yes. From the forward position, I mean, really, we're going to go ahead and give Evander Kane a nice little uh, a nice little pass, even though he actually had a really good year, 49 points in 56 games. And that's in a year where he was experiencing all this uh, bankruptcy and and whatever else, like the guy was just going through so much personally. He scores twenty two goals, has a great year, and uh, and really, it's it's essentially all lost because the Sharks played so bad. The rest of the team, uh, Logan Couture, kind of looked like the second line center that we all know that he is. Even though everyone wants to pump his tires that he's this fantastic first line center, and I, I just I don't I don't see it. Um, he really hasn't been in a while, and that was when the Sharks were really good. They had a ton of depth, and he was insulated. Uh, and now, now that he's not, and he's the guy, he's being exposed left and right. So it's you're right. There just isn't a whole lot to be super excited about, other than the fact that the 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 people who can be really excited about what's happening with the Sharks. Eric Carlson, who gets to go home with eleven and a half million dollars every year, Brent Burns with eight million, and Vlasic with seven million, and they are the uh, the old overpaid decor who was supposed to be the NHL's best. I think I remember like two two years ago, before the regular season, saying, "Holy crap, this team is an unbelievable defense," and now you go, "Ooh man, Eric Carlson." I mean, is he even? Is he even like an eight million dollar guy anymore? <laughs> like, would he get paid eight million? I I don't think Maybe. he would. I mean, <laughs> I mean, twenty two points, fifty two games, and he he just he never really looked that comfortable. He hasn't looked that great in a in a San Jose Sharks uniform since he got there. I uh, I mean, this is just it really hasn't worked out with. Uh, with that, and he's—I mean—he's going to make eleven and a half million dollars for another six years, <laughs> or seven years, or whatever. Yeah, six years. Uh, man, it's—I uh, 
I feel bad for San Jose because you kind of just have to hope that they turn it around or you're just going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, look, when you when you talk about bad contracts, right, as a Detroit Red Wings fan, we've been through this for the last few years. We're kind of, uh, you know, we've been stuck with those Darren Helm, Abdelkader, Franz Nielsen contracts that have kind of, you know, I don't want to see weighed us down, but, you know. Yeah, but those aren't $11.5 million. <laughs> no, and and that's, 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 again, you're going to have these contracts that are going to hinder you from really doing anything. And, like, and even when you look up front, right, I mean, Logan Couture is on eight million bucks for another six, you know, five or six seasons. Um, you know, Evander Kane, yes, he looked great, but um, the the one asterisk to his season is, you know, the fact that he's he might actually have his contract terminated by the San Jose Sharks with this whole bankruptcy thing. So you might free up some money there, but assuming you don't, and maybe you get the Evander Kane of old, and not this season that you had that, you know, that good pr- production offensively. You've got like five or six contracts here uh, that are really going to keep you from doing anything over the next three to four years because you just don't have any wiggle room, especially with next year a flat cap again. And who knows if the you know how far the cap's going to go up the next couple seasons after that. I know we got the new TV deal with ESPN, but still you can't predict the future. I mean, yeah, as I mean, let's let's say eighty-five million. Sure. You know, it's not going to go. It's not going to go up ten million. Exactly. So you're not going to have that room to go out and sign a big name guy here anytime soon. No, I I mean, unless of course you're, you know, if you can get uh, Logan Couture or something to waive his deal or you, you know, that's, that's really what you're looking at is, is to trade somebody and to maybe you have to hold on to a couple million bucks on the deal. You know, I don't think you could find anybody who'd want Eric Carlson for, uh, I mean, he just has a straight no move clause, so he can just say no. I'm so Vlasic. I guess Brent Burns, he can submit a three team trade list, and that's it. So there's three teams that Brent Burns could go to, and he can make it basically impossible for them to trade him too. I mean, he is he signed for another four years, eight million dollars. He's 36 years old. He's gonna be 40 years old when that deal ends. And I mean, we all knew that that was the risk of this signing was that he could be, you know, he'll be much older when the, when the deal is, is at its end, but we were expecting the cap to go up every year and that it wouldn't be as big of a percentage in the cap. And that by the time you get to those last couple of years, you know, potentially he, maybe he resigns, he, maybe he, he retires and, and they, they're able to, uh, to bury it because he did sign it obviously before he turned 35. So they're able to not have it count against the cap. Like there's all sorts of ways around some potential bad side effects, but at the same time, I mean, now Brent Burns just looks like he's going to be, he's going to kind of just be there. And, and while Brent Burns is still putting up decent points, uh, his, his defensive game isn't, isn't what it once was either. So not that it was anything super special, uh, but ultimately when it comes down to the San Jose sharks, is it not goaltending? Like is goaltending is the, it's the thing. I mean, it's been so bad. They, there's only one team that allowed more goals than the San Jose sharks. And that is the Philadelphia flyers. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty bad in that there. I mean, obviously they tried to bring in Devin Dubnik who was a couple years removed from, you know, looking like a, a number one starter in Minnesota, but 
I mean, no goaltender on this team finished with at least a 900 save percentage. Everybody had over a 3.17 goals against average. And like you talked about, second worst goals against in this in the league. And so you have to you have to stop the bleeding somehow because again, you have some forwards that are halfway decent that can put up a little production, but you're not gonna outscore guys with that forward group. So um, you know, this isn't like a Toronto team where they have just elite talent up front to, to go out and win those seven to five games if you need to, but um yeah, they they have to find somebody and it's yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be really tough because you have a defense too in front of you that isn't all there defensively, right? I mean, obviously we know Eric Carlson if he plays in his prime, at his prime, you know, I mean he can control the puck well enough to so you don't have to worry about defense. But you know he's not there anymore in my opinion. I, you know, who knows if he'll he'll get back to that at some point or anything close to it. Like you talk about, Brett Burns nowhere near what he should be as far as a defensive player to be worth eight million bucks in my mind um and the production is you know is is okay but you know again not worth the money and and then there's Lassick again who is a guy you expected to be that shutdown defensive guy but he can't do it alone and so when you don't have supporting cast and you don't have goaltending to bail you out every once in a while I mean it's just it's sink or swim really and this team's sinking right that is that is very true um you know, there are some guys that they could bring in, I mean, that that would help them to score. Uh there's there Mike Mike Hoffman is a guy that uh, I think could fit there. Um jeez. I could just I mean there really, there really just isn't a whole this this year's free agent crop is not that spectacular, right? Like it's just not it's nothing where you're like, oh yeah, if they could just sign this guy, it could all turn around. No, there's, it's it's a pretty weak class. In term, I mean the the highest goal scorers in this class, Mike Hoffman and Alexander Venberg with 17 goals in 56 games. So, uh, and Tyson Berry is the top point producer out of all the UFAs coming into this year with 48 points. Uh, I'm sure Tyson Berry will get paid, but it's not going to be by the San Jose Sharks. Um, next best is David Krejci with 44 points. So the the depth here is is pretty scarce. So this really isn't the year to go to that free agent pool, sign someone to a, a stupid deal, and hurt yourself even more. It's going to be interesting to see what the Sharks can do. I, you know, Doug Wilson has been their general manager for a long time now. He's been their GM since 2003. Uh, yes, yes, 2003. So there, there's not a whole lot that this guy hasn't seen or done. Uh, but I think this might be his his biggest challenge because, you know, the, for, for a while there was a, a lot of hope for the San Jose Sharks. They were a Stanley Cup contender. Now they're just not. And they they always, they were the first team to toss around the term retooling. He was the first guy to say, well, we're not rebuilding. We're just retooling. Remember they... They finished uh, I, the year they drafted Tom Tomash Hurdle. I think they they drafted him like sixth overall or something like that. And uh, it was that year was kind of an unexpected. Uh, oh, sorry, he was seventeenth overall. What year am I thinking? The Sharks drafted really early in a draft. Uh, we can find that, but they, uh, yeah, he was the first one to toss around that idea of oh, we're gonna 
Oh, it was uh, two, no, 2003 they drafted six. All right. Well, anyways, eighth, seven, uh, 2015, they drafted ninth. It was Timo Meyer, seven, uh, 2007, when they were ninth. That's when they drafted Logan Couture. So, anyways, they drafted, they missed the playoffs. And 15, I think, is what I'm thinking when they missed the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, we're, we're retooling. We're just retooling. Everyone's like, well, that seems like just the same word as a, a rebuild, but you're just using a different <laughs> word for it. Um, but he was right. I mean, they were able to turn around, make the playoffs the next year and quickly became a Stanley Cup contender again. And obviously they they go to the Stanley Cup finals and they lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins shortly after that. And now this team, just the position they're in, it's almost like they have to rebuild like there's not a whole lot here that they can actually use in four, five years from now, three years to go and win a cup. And they're not going to win the cup with this group. No way. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see them getting anywhere close with this group. And, uh, you know, even if they get these guys playing at their best, you know, Logan Couture at his best is, you know, still, maybe close to a number one center, but he's, he's like Ryan Johansson. Yeah. I mean, really, that's, that's a good way to put it. Right. Like uh, he's a number one, but he's like the 28th best number one. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you're, you're not going to get too far. And obviously the deficiencies in goal. Um, I mean, when you, when you talk about, you know, potential guys to, to come in and, you know, maybe fill the net. And I mean, look, this off season, th- there's a couple names in here, but, Nobody that I really see being a true number one. The only guy who could potentially surprise people and be a true number one is Chris Dreger. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see him wanting to go to San Jose. I think he would rather try to find a team that's a little bit closer to contention, um, you know, that maybe he can play a 1A, 1B type situation. I mean, heck, you know, I mean, like like a Dallas situation, right? They've got Kudobin and, and Bishop there, and that kind of situation I think he would probably want to get into. Um, but again... Who knows, right? Um, this team is is far away from being a contender again. Like you said, I think it's it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of pain for a few years because you've got to start building the, the the pool back up, right? You've got to get these prospects. You've got to start drafting well, and um, you know maybe it's maybe it's time for Doug Wilson to to say see you later and let someone else come in and and go through the the painful next three four years to. To, you know, build up the cupboards again and get some some assets and, you know, get get what you can and, and see if they can't turn this thing around in, you know, half a decade. Yeah. 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 I don't think that he'll he'll get fired anytime soon. Uh but No, not at all. Uh you know, a Chris Drager is is he's an interesting thought. I think there's one goalie that I think could do okay in San Jose. And that's Peter Morazic. I don't think he's going back to Carolina. I think uh, Nadelkovic is now the goalie of the of the future for Carolina. And uh, Peter Morazic's going to be looking for a new home. He wouldn't cost a whole lot. He he played well in limited time this year. After he was hurt. Uh, but he could be a solution for the San Jose Sharks. I mean, they just need to get... A, if they were to get good goaltending... Suddenly this team is actually maybe competing for a playoff spot in what is typically the the Pacific 
division, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the weird division they're in right now is, uh, yeah, kind of strange, I, mean, but. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think again, I personally think Morazic is going to stay in Carolina because, again, it won't cost them that much to keep him around. And when he's healthy, he's very good for Carolina. And that's that's a good combo to have, to have a veteran guy like Morazic and, and Nadelkovich there would be a great one-two punch. However, you know, assuming that Morazic resigns there, um, you know, because you talk about that Pacific division being so weak with Anaheim, L.A., uh, Calgary, you know, looking so-so right now in Vancouver – um, you know, there could be a potential. You get some really good goaltending. They could potentially be a playoff team. But, um, I mean, obviously I see them more of a, a team to that would be better off just rebuilding. But what about a name like Freddie Anderson? I mean, yeah, going I back to the going back to the West Coast. Yeah, I don't see him going back to Toronto next season. No. I don't think he gets no. re-signed. So, you know, this is, you know, Jack Campbell's net next year. And so maybe – you know, hey, maybe Freddie Anderson is looking for an opportunity to start, and maybe if he takes a, you know, one or two year deal at three to four million bucks, you know, hey, because he to me is a guy who in his past has seen a lot of shots, right, playing in Toronto, so he's used to that heavy workload, and so maybe, you know, going back to San Jose, you think, okay, great, um, I'm probably going to, you know, experience more of that, and I, I'm familiar with it, I can handle it, and you know, maybe that's the mindset with the Sharks on that one. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's like a David Riddich too. I mean, San Jose could do. They could they could overhaul things. Uh, I don't know what they do with Martin Jones, other than you know. You can't do anything with him, really. I mean, gosh, nobody's going to take that contract, and you can't buy him out right now. So who knows? Well, you could buy him out. Well, I mean, you technically could, but I don't think I would just because of the extended. Yeah, they're already you know, bad. There's no point in yeah. Yeah. But you could bury him in the minors, and and then you get about a million dollars back and and uh then you can kind of see what you got i mean there they have some options i mean there there's some teams out there who might take them if you were willing to give them a second round pick potentially might have to do a first round pick though for him that's how how bad he's been um i doubt that the kraken take him in the uh in the draft which with so many other goaltenders available uh, my guess is that, I mean, do we, th- this is total side note, but I mean, is there any doubt that, uh, either that like R- Robin Leonard is going to be, is going to play for the Seattle Kraken, right? Like <laughs> I think he is going to, I, or are they, or is Vegas going to put Mark Andre Fleury up as the goalie that they don't protect? Well, let After just, what he's doing right now, how yeah, can you not protect that. him? Well, I mean, fortunately for Vegas, they don't have to worry about protecting anybody. Because oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yep. But yep. you, I mean, there's still that scenario though. If you're Vegas, right, you could potentially look to move Mark Andre Fleury and say, "Hey, do you want to go to Seattle?" Um, you can't. I think, you, know, you can't. He's been well, so I, good. He's been I so good. Agree with you. He's been great, and I think Robin Leonard's been great for them too. But you know, do you want to pay you know your 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 goalies twelve, thirteen million bucks back there? So that's a question, I guess. Maybe you know Vegas can ponder and um, you know think about. And but the, the nice thing is, is they don't have to, right? So they can continue to roll Flurry and Leonard, and they'll be totally happy with that. Uh, they'll get two great goaltenders. Sure. Yes. Sorry. Back to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, 
from a uh, a forward standpoint, anyone that you think this this team like is there a move for this team to make? I, I guess I guess we need to go right right to uh, to where you think this team is in terms of their uh, their viability of you know are they a playoff team are they rebuilders where where do you have them slotted because that really shapes the conversation. Yeah, for me, I think the smartest thing for this team to do is to consider a full rebuild, um, and I think that's going to be five six years of pain because of these contracts, but I think you have to just trade what you can, start acquiring prospects and picks, and just work at it slowly over the next, like I said, five years. And, uh, you know, hope by then, you know, some of these first round draft picks, uh, you know, turn into, you know, turn into, you know, decent players up front for you. And then, you know, maybe by then you can shed a contract or two and get it off the books and start, start all over again and start, you know, start that process of becoming a contender because uh, if not, I think the other option is, is you try to acquire a, you know, a goaltender and you try to acquire maybe a big name forward up front via trade, whatever. um, And then try to just get in, right. Just get in because you've got better guys who, you know, Hey, maybe Carlson turns it on in the playoffs, burn turns it on the playoffs. And now you've got, you know, the potential to go around or two, but uh, the smartest thing in my opinion is just, you know, trade what you can and start a rebuild here. That's never going to happen. No, not going to happen. Absolutely not. And I think Doug Wilson won't do it right now. No. Uh, Well, I mean, you you know, if you're saying, Oh, it's going to be a five-year process. Well, nobody, five years is a long time. Think about where you were five years ago. (laughs) No, absolutely. (laughs) That's that's a long time to, to, to bank on when you already have, Eric Carl, a thirty—I mean, thirty-year-old Eric Carlson—it feels like he should be able to to figure something out. Like, yes, let's absolutely. let's get him figuring out. Let's get Brent Burns playing halfway decent. Mark Edward Vlasic is still a good defenseman. He's not a seven million dollar defenseman, but I mean, he does. He doesn't. He never put up big points. I mean, the most points he ever put up was thirty-nine points, and and in general, he's a you know. He's like a 30-point guy. And this year, he he really kind of fell off, but so did the entire San Jose Sharks team. Oh, absolutely. And when he was with Canada, I mean, Vlasic, you know, again, in the Olympics, he was paired with Drew Doughty because they knew he was that shutdown defender. Sure. And that's what he's supposed to be. Sure. I think it's really it's up front. Like, we can talk all we want about the defensive core and being overpaid. But when it all comes down to it, I mean, your, your top six forwards – are are really top like their bottom bottom top six forwards. You got to bring somebody in, and and I got to think that at some point this team is going to be able to move somebody. Like there's going to be some kind of shakeup. Maybe it is a Vander Kane. To me, a Vander Kane is like the easiest one to deal. He if let's assume that his his deal doesn't get terminated. I think that you could get the most for Evander Kane. Granted, he's doing the most, so you also might not want to deal him that way. Uh, but you you do need to shake things up here because it just seems like more of the same. Plus, I mean, when you look at – all you have to do is just look at Cap Friendly and look down their roster, and you see so many players who are making near or at the league minimum. And it's because, obviously, they have so many guys signed to such big deals – and they are not really hitting on a lot of these guys who are, you know, the 24, 28 year olds who are making league minimum. It just, it's not, it's not working out. There needs to be a better, uh, 
structure of salary there. And, and so hopefully they can sign somebody, bring people in, make some, make some moves and they might need to use their draft picks in order to, uh, to convince teams to take some players from them. The good thing for San Jose over say a team like Columbus is that people want to live in San Jose. Like people want to go there. It's expensive to live there. So I, I feel for the, like even even though seven hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, uh, when you consider how much it costs to live in San Jose, it's like, however, uh, I mean that's it's not that much money when all is said and done. I mean it's it's like making, you know, maybe two hundred thousand somewhere else, which is still a lot of money, but compared to what some of these guys are, the way some of these guys are living, it'd be a little different. But I I think this this team is just going to need to make moves. Like we haven't really seen them do a whole lot in terms of shaking this team up. And uh, I think that's where they've, where they've got to go. I mean, we're not seeing anything and, and all the moves that they've made the last few years are dink and dunk kind of moves where they're really not making huge differences. And, and that's what needs to happen. This team needs to be shook up. Yeah, uh, to me though, I you know Evander Kane, he he could definitely get you a good return, but I think teams are going to be scared off because of the whole bankruptcy issue he's got going on. So, well, uh, once he figures it out, though, it'll be sure. Fun. Absolutely, once he figures it out, yes, you could move. But I think a guy easier to move right now in his prime um, with one year left on his deal, and that's Thomas Tomas Hurdle. Um, to me, I think this guy is a legit um, number two center, potential top line winger. Uh, right now he's playing the number one center spot for San Jose, but I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. He's only 27 and at 5 million bucks for a guy that put up 43 points in 50 games this year and is only a couple years removed from a 74-point season, 35 goals. I mean, you could you could look at him and say, okay, you know, as a, a team outside of San Jose, you could say, okay, this is a guy who we think can get back to that production, right? That 70-point production, 35, 35 um, you know, we would be willing to give up a first round pick, right? Or, you know, who knows, maybe they make, you know, send, send over a couple good prospects. But, um, you know, if you're San Jose, I think this is the guy to look at to move because I don't think, you know, again, he's a UFA after next season. He's not going to resign there. I don't think unless they just completely overpay for him. Um, and so, you know, move him now, get a good asset, a good return for him and, you know, help that rebuild, you know, go even quicker. Yep. Yep, that's he. You're right. He is the one guy that you could probably get a solid return for, and I, I think he's he's in this position where he's a very good player. I mean, 43 points in 50 games, he's great. Uh, but I don't think that like his career trajectory, like, is he a? I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, 18, 19, he had 74 points. He scored 35 goals. But I think that that was the like that was the peak of what he was, what he's able to do. And I, I doubt we see too many years like that out of him again. Uh, No, I agree. I think he's probably more a 60 point guy, 25 goals. And that's probably what you're going to get, you know, as far as, you know, that top end ability out of him for, you know, maybe the next three to four years. Right. And, and I think for San Jose, it's it, if you can, like, he's still at the top, like you're still going to get full value, for Tomas Hurdle, you know, pretty good value for him. Whereas 
maybe he doesn't come back. Uh, I think you're right. He's the guy you have to move and and look to move him in the off season instead of waiting till the deadline because I think you'll get much more for him if you move him, let's say, at the draft. You'll have more yep. options. He does have a he has a three team trade list, but I I gotta think that if Tomas Hurdle was presented with a, a pretty decent team to go play for, that he would say okay. Like yeah. the last two years have sucked in San Jose. So I'm sure that he wouldn't be opposed to going and even if it wasn't the most desirable city, if it's a team that is in a position to win. I think he'd likely say yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if he got the opportunity to say, oh, man, uh, just looking at some teams here. I mean, you could say, uh, let's 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 take Philadelphia or the New York Rangers. That's funny. I was just going to say the Philadelphia Flyers would be a good fit for him. Yeah, I think, you know, again, you know, either one of these teams could use another, you know, top two centerman. And so you get that opportunity to go in there and, you know, use your offensive abilities and playmaking. And you could, you know, again, Philly's got some other problems they need to work out on the back end and in goal. But, um, you know, again, you know, even the New York Rangers, for example, I know they would like somebody to be in number one and put Zabinajad as a number two. But still, if you have a a one-two punch of Hurdle and Zabinajad, that's that's pretty good in my book. So, um, you know, you could could really succeed there. And he, he would definitely have good players on his wings in either one of those places. Yeah, yeah, the Rangers could definitely afford it too. I mean, and yeah. if you're if you're San Jose, are you uh, first thing if you're the Rangers, are you willing to trade a first round pick for Tomas Hurdle? Cuz that's probably what it'll take, is a first round pick. And the Rangers first round pick though is going to be high enough to where, you know, I think you could probably just do straight like a first round pick for Tomas Hurdle cuz it's going to be what it's going to be like a relatively close to a top 10 pick 12 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you would think so. Um, but again, you know, what if they make that move before the draft lottery and it ends up, you know, I'm sure, you know, the Rangers obviously wouldn't trade them, you know, they would protect that pick, but, um, I guess it's going to be seven. I'll lie. It's going to be, uh, 16th. Where it'll be. Well, I mean, still, even if you think about it, even if, you know, because they, they do have a small percentage, you know, moving up, say they even move up to, you know, number nine or 10, right? Sure. If willing to deal the number nine or 10 pick for a guy like Tomas Schertle. I mean, if I'm San Jose, I definitely would do it. If you oh, think absolutely. that there's a player in and around that spot that you want, I mean, that kind of sparks your, your rebuild there. And maybe it's a retooling and the rebuild is more like, Hey, we're going to take a couple of years and we're going to be, we're going to have some down years, but we're going to use those years to acquire long-term talent, you know, and then maybe you're in a better position. So I, cause I, my, the other thing is, is hurdle. Let's say hurdle next year. Let's, let's say he plays, we'll, we'll just assume, let's say he plays for San Jose all next year. He doesn't get dealt. And they, they hang on to him in hopes that they can make the playoffs. And Tomas Hurdle goes in, in an 82-game season. Let's say he has another big year and he gets 70 points. Well, are you prepared to to, to sign Tomas Hurdle to $9 million a year? $8 million a year? Like, right. I don't think that the Sharks 
I suppose the shark could do it. Uh, but it, that's, that's going to be a, a pretty big stretch, uh, based off what they already have signed. That's going to be a big stretch. Yeah. And the nice thing, I mean, w- when I looked at this draft too, there's a lot of good goaltending prospects at the top of the draft or the middle of the first round. So you could go out and move hurdle and potentially get your future starter there. And so, you know, when I think about moving him, that's, that's a deal I'm willing to do if I know I can grab maybe one of these top goaltending prospects. Yeah, the problem with goaltending prospects, they take five years to even, <laughs> to even be good most of the time. And you most get a time, couple yeah. guys who can come in when they're 21, 22, but that's I mean, very you look rare. At Spencer Knight, right? He went mid, you know, early, mid, early second or first round, you know, to the Florida Panthers last year. And, uh, look how he's doing, man. He, he got a few starts and he looks like he's going to be their, you know, their next big goaltender. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, he, strike it and get it lucky. He got four starts. I mean, not, not, I mean, and he played really well. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, but it's, it, again, it's also rare. Like Spencer Knight, he was the guy in that draft and that was sure. about it. It's, it's just so hard. It's, it's, it's difficult. I understand though. If you could, if you can hit on a goalie in the first round, it's so worth it. So worth it. But then you have someone like, like Jack Campbell, who was taken in the first round with very good goalie now, but it took him like eight years to, to become a starter in the NHL. That's yeah, just, I think he was picked like 26 overall by Dallas and, yeah, it took him took him quite a while. You're you're more than right about that. I mean, sometimes you can you can hit on these guys and they'll start, you know, after a couple of years, and other times you really got to wait on them. Yeah, I mean, of course you you've got the the Carey Prices and the Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, there's there are goalies who have been fantastic. There's no doubt about that. But uh, it just it is rare that a, a top goalie. Is is the you know, goalie's taken in the first round and and things go really well? I mean, then you've got your Rick DiPietro's who uh, who's supposed to be great and they just don't end up being that at all. Uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, I guess Ilya Samsonov he was a first round pick too, and Vasilevsky was. Um, yeah, Jack Campbell went eleventh overall in twenty ten. Eleventh, okay. But wow. then you've got like a Chet Pickard. Who went uh, 18th overall, 2008? Uh, uh, yeah, Carey Price, Al Montoya, sixth overall, 2004. I mean, it does not always work out. Uh, Pascal Leclerc, eighth overall in 2001. Obviously, Rick DiPietro, first overall, which he had a decent start to his his uh, his career, but that obviously all fell apart. Yeah, I think once you sign that. 10, 15 year deal. deal. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good time. Good for him. I think he's, he's still getting paid by the New York Islanders. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. He's going to look that right now. He's, uh, he will be getting paid for a while. Um, he gets paid until, oh, actually I think that, uh, yes, he, he'll make a million and a half until 2029. Must be nice. So we're gonna have to be continuing <laughs> our show for a long time before we hit the end of his contract. Yowzus! Actually, this season would have been the year that his contract ended if he hadn't have gotten bought out. 
this would have been this season he would have been a UFA at the end of the yeah, year. True. <laughs> <laughs> and and he just turned forty years old. Can you or, imagine? Or he'll turn he'll sorry he'll turn forty in September. So, I uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to do a show of like the worst contracts in the history of the NHL. I think we need to do that. That's this a top ten right there. A top ten worst contracts ever. That would be really really fun. Let's let's do it. But uh, we'll uh, we'll close the book here on the San Jose Sharks since we've gotten a little sidetracked here and there. But um, any final thoughts on the Sharks? Boy, they're in a crossroads. Uh, that's all I'm going to say because they have to either commit to a rebuild or they have to try to just get in the dance and hope for the best. All right, there you have it, San Jose Sharks. Uh, we'll be back with a couple of more teams in the next week. And uh, until then, find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Enjoy playoff hockey. Justin, I'll talk to you soon. And, uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon as well. <laughs>